Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I have some good news for you. The hottest take. It's back. Oh, yeah. Monday through Thursday, four times a week, you hear from me, Chris Ryan, Sean Fantasy, Mallory Rubin, Wazdeen Lambrey, Van Lathan, Julie Lippman, many other ringer staffers. You get one take, you got to defend it to the death. Sports takes, pop culture takes, food takes, airplane takes. Oh, yeah. It's coming back. First episode drops August 29th. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up. And with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to the Ringers Philly special. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm joined as always by Raheem Palmer. We are here to talk about the three game win streak. The city can't sleep. It's the Philadelphia 76ers. They are who we thought they were. They're 15 and 12. Raheem, what's going on? I mean, I mean I'm back in Philly right now. And I mean, it seems like I might be the good luck charm for you might you know, what's going on. <laughs> This jacket you're wearing today is disturbingly Celtics green. I actually missed the end of the Sixers game last night because I had to go sit in traffic to go see Celtics Lakers last night. Wanted to oh, wow. scout the competition. You know, no two organizations are closer to my heart than the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. So that was a real treat for me. Uh, actually, it was a pretty fun game. AD is really balling out. But um, Raheem, let's talk about this. I w- would you call this Sixers team resurgent? Yeah, I, I think you can do that. I mean, when you look at basically what's happened is that Harden's come back and you see that they're putting up like dominant offensive numbers. I mean, I think during this three-game win streak, these are probably the three best offensive games that we've seen from this team all season long. I mean, you you, you have the win against the Lakers where they put up 117 points per one of the possessions. The win against the Hornets where they put up 130. And then last night against the Sacramento Kings where they put up 127 and score 80 points in the first half. So they lit the beam, I mean, man. <laughs> yeah. So Harton's getting everybody going. I mean, the ball is moving. Um, the one thing I like last night is that they actually got out in transition and they got some easy buckets. Um, and then obviously with Harton on the floor, he's going to have his assists. He's going to get open three point looks for everybody. So I like what I'm seeing offensively. So the Sixers are 15, 15 and 12. They're fifth in the Eastern Conference. Shockingly behind the Brooklyn Nets. Nobody told me about this. I thought the Nets were buried. I thought we could stop thinking about the Nets. And now here they come. KD is basically on an MVP heater right now. Um, But the Sixers are fifth. 
And they're on a three-game win streak. They're in the middle of a nice long homestand. I'm hoping to go see them when I get back to Philly. Um, and they've beat two California teams on a road trip in the Hornets. So before you start writing letters to your congressman telling them that it's time to like make the Sixers victories into holidays, just remember that there's some caveats with almost every NBA win. But that being said, you're absolutely right, man. The offense looks really good. Here's a realization I had last night and over the last of the couple, like over the last couple of games, because you're talking about Harden, and even though Embiid's getting all the headlines for good and trolly reasons, Harden is a guy that, like, I think it honestly might be because of the beard. I know this is stupid, but because of the beard, <laughs> a good Harden night and a bad Harden night, he looks the same. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you don't get the the feeling like you do sometimes. Like when I was watching LeBron last night. Yeah, You could just see that LeBron was basically walking for the first half of the game. He got like 11 at the end of this. Like by the second quarter, he had like 11, but a couple breakaways. But he was mostly like coasting through this game. And then somewhere in the third quarter, as they were making their run against the Celtics, who were up by like 20-something, you could see it click. And LeBron is such a demonstrative, emotional player that you can see the click happen. And with Harden, you can't. So if Harden walks out and Harden's like, I'm tired and I don't feel like playing well tonight, you're like, okay, I couldn't, I, I can't tell the difference between the way Harden looks on a good night or a bad night until he starts throwing hit ahead passes. Because when he's doing that, when he's finding guys in secondary break situations and he's getting Thibault, you know, on an alley oop or he's hitting shake before the defense sets up and shaking either drive or shoot a three, or he's getting him beat the ball early in a possession. That's when you know we are not watching. This dude is going to dribble at the top of the key for nine seconds, call for a pick, and then like get something up and hope to get a foul, which is the worst case scenario. The best case scenario is when he's playing basically like essentially like Chris Paul. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, I think the thing with Harden is that he's never been the type of player who's had a, a high motor. No. Um, he's an isolation first guy who has the ability to pass on a level of a point guard. So um, I think the thing with interesting thing with Harden is sometimes you see good Harden and bad Harden show up on the same night. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and the in the case of that Lakers game where, I mean, I think he turned the ball, the Sixers turned the ball over seven times in the last three, four minutes of that game. And Harton was a big part of it. But at the same time, I mean, you looked at his numbers for what he did offensively, 14 and 19, 38 points. I mean, he did everything well until the, to the end of the game, pretty much. So I, I just think with Harton, um, the biggest thing is that he can't turn the ball over. And mm-hmm. if he's not turning the ball over and he's getting guys involved and he's not dribbling at the top of the key, dribbling the 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 like the, the clock out of the ball, then I think, you know, the Sixers are in a good position. Yeah, I mean, he obviously gives them an offensive level that I don't know that they have had. At their best, this Sixers team and this Sixers offense plays at a level that I don't even know if that at, at the best of the Ben Simmons years we've had. Right. Like to me, those Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid teams, whether you're talking about with Jimmy Butler or whoever or without Horford or whatever the kind of combination of guys they put around Simmons and and Embiid, that was a defense first team that that always made me feel like our defense is going to keep us in games. Joel Embiid can keep us in games. And every once in a while, you're going to get a Simmons kind of like breakout night where he scores like 26. And that that those nights started to get more and more rare as the years went on, I think. But he was really good at facilitating other guys and, and everything. But that was a, I always had like that was a defense first team. 
Yeah. And the defense is good on this team, but it's just like when when we're at our best, it's we're we're kind of an offensive juggernaut. Yeah, I, I think I mean I think the offense for this team has to get everything going because when you look at like when you look at the Sixers team, it's just we struggle to do the little things. Um obviously we've we've spoken at length about their issues in transition. Um on the defensive end, we've I mean, we haven't spoke about this too much, but they're not a great defensive rebounding team. No. So a lot of a lot of their like how this team wins is going to be based on their offense because obviously we know it's a lot easier for teams to score when they're not pulling the ball out of the net. So if they're not scoring efficiently and they're not putting up high offensive outputs, then I think I think this is where the team is going to struggle. Yeah, so the Sixers are in the middle, I think, of a seven-game homestand right now, and it's yeah. really an opportunity for them to rack up some wins. Uh, you know, you look around, the Celtics are not having the best West Coast swing ever. Um, Sixers will have to have that themselves. But, you know, Celtics got really got real tight with the Lakers last night. They lost to the Clippers, and they lost to the Warriors. So maybe a little bit of coming back down to earth for a bunch of teams. And you can see in, in and around where the Sixers are in the Eastern Conference, Pacers have kind of got bet down to 500, you know, like some teams are sort of settling a little bit. Um, when you look around the Eastern Conference specifically, Raheem, like how high do you think the Sixers should? I mean, obviously for the Sixers and their finals aspirations, they probably would love to be in the top two of the conference. How high do you think the Sixers can realistically finish in this conference this season? I think we can finish second. Or, I mean, I think we could finish second or third. Um, I mean, realistically, I'm going to say third. Um, I think we're right around that Cleveland range right now. I think we're only two, like we're a game and a half back, two games. So I, I think, I mean, that's very doable. But I mean, when you look at the Celtics and the Bucks, I mean, the Bucks and the Celtics have been there already. I mean, yeah. you're talking about the last two Eastern Conference champions. So these two teams aren't teams who they feel like they have to go balls to the wall in the regular season. These are teams who. They've been there, and they know they just want to be healthy. I mean, when you look at the Celtics, Robert Williams is still out. Al Horford is out. So, I mean, you're seeing them have a rough West Coast road trip. And I think the thing that we're seeing with the Celtics is that they're very similar to the to the Sixers in that, you know, their offense has to be sustainable for them to win games. Um, and when you look at the Bucks, I mean, Middleton's been in and out of the lineup. So, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw the Sixers team creep in the first or second, just because I think the Sixers team has to get, you know, acquainted with one another. Whereas yeah. just the Celtics and the Bucks, they know they just have to be healthy. You know, I was watching Jalen and Jason last night because I, I, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know if I'd actually ever gotten to see them live if I'm thinking about it now. Like, because I've been on mm -hmm. the West Coast for so long, I haven't really been to a lot of Celtics games out here. So I haven't seen Brown and Tatum play live together. And, you know, we talk a lot in NBA circles about having, like, you know, your best two, you know, and, and evaluating, like, the best duos in the league. And I think that there's, like, a, an assumption that the best two often feed off of one another, like, that there's some sort of, like two-man game that's happening between Kawhi and Paul George or between uh, Steph and Clay or something like that. And, and to some extent, there is. Like, obviously, Steph and Clay have, like, this, like, telepathy or whatever. But it was kind of yeah. interesting to watch Tatum and Brown last night because it wasn't really so much a two-man game as it was, like, picking, picking up the slack where the other would drop. So if Tatum was on the bench... Brown was obviously the number one option. And if Brown was on the bench, Tatum was clearly the number one option. If they were on the court together, it was like, 
who has the best look, who has, who's got it going right now. It wasn't so much like, oh, these guys just are always setting each other up and hooking each other up with these great passes or drawing doubles and then finding one another. And it, it, it occurred to me that last night against the Kings, it was like one of the best Harden and Bede games. You know? Yeah. But it wasn't necessarily Harden and Bede together. It was just mm-hmm. that they picked up where the other left off. If Embiid was on the floor... He was obviously the center of attention, but I, I thought that Harden with, you know, sh- with Shake and Thibel and Tucker, he did a really nice job kind of being the other guy who can handle the weight of of getting an NBA win. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think that I mean obviously that's been an issue for the Sixers all year is that forever. The yeah. Non- yeah, the, the non-MB minutes have just been terrible. I mean, and I think they've been terrible for a while. I mean, I think you can go back to that 2019 series against the Raptors. I mean, they pretty much lost that series with the Greg Monroe minutes. But I think, yeah, last night, I mean, you saw it. Um, you know, James Harden definitely picked up where MB left off. I mean, this year, I mean, like... The Sixers are being outscored by eight points per one of possessions with MB off the floor. So, like, <laughs> it, excuse me, it's actually ten points per one of possessions with MB off the floor. So, but I don't know um, if you have this you in know, front of you, but I would imagine that in, there are some years where it's even worse than that, right? Yeah, it, it's definitely, or at least definitely, it, some it, it really feels that way. At least, <laughs> I think this year might be one of the worst years, though. Really? Um, okay. Yeah, like I mean, I actually have to dig into the numbers a little bit more. I have to go through year by year, but yeah, this this year has been pretty bad. <laughs> well, you know, they haven't had Harden for spot spots. They haven't had Maxi for a while. Maxi is returning to practice, I believe. Doc said he said he was hoping to slip him into practice, and there was some uh, like social media footage of Maxi uh, in street clothes, but like kind of dribbling around and looking at the who and clearly like longingly wanting to get back on the floor. I think Maxie's probably like on his way to being back. And I don't know, maybe we'll even see him, see him for that Christmas game against the Knicks. Uh, that might be a little bit fast, but it would be cool. Um, but we're, we're, we're approaching full strength, which is, you know, rounding after Christmas towards the all-star mm-hmm. break. You want to have all your guys, you know, I, I have a couple of other things here, but I want to get to Embiid who's um, obviously making his, his MVP push. This is now kind of like um, almost an annual occurrence for us where, you know, he, I, I think he's not necessarily the fastest starter. I'd have to go back and look at what like some early season results were, but like two fifty plus point games in the last, like uh, what, like in this month, I think, or, or at least in the last six weeks. And then just yeah, routinely, <laughs> routinely getting 35, you're routinely getting 35 routinely just, being a force on both ends of the court, best player on the floor, no matter who he's playing against. Uh, Can you even sum up what you've been seeing from Embiid in the last six weeks? Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all... It's only pressure. You got this. 
Adidas. I mean, it's just pure dominance. I mean, when you even when you look at, I mean, he's like he missed it. He missed it, that series against Orlando. Um, since he's come back, he's averaging thirty five points on fifty six percent shooting. He's shooting fifty percent from three. He's, I mean, like he's averaging nine rebounds, five assists, almost two steals, one block. It's just, I mean, he's putting the team on his back um, in every way possible, and that includes a game against Cleveland where he just had 19 points on 6 for 16 shooting. So, yeah. I mean, you remove that, I mean, and the dominance just goes to another level. So, I mean, he had that almost like he almost had 60 points against the Jazz. Um, I mean, it's just since Harden has gone out, I mean, this guy has just he's just taken his game to a different level and I mean, he's he's done everything that you could possibly ask for from a superstar. And I know he came out today and said he that he felt like, you know, <laughs> Philadelphia fans want him traded. But, he said that last I mean, night. He so I was gonna make a bigger deal out of this, but I think it's a. So this is like Troel Embiid. This is Joe yeah. Jojo, like somewhat trolling, but I think also gets like he identified something that is at the heart of Sixer, a certain core of fixed Sixers fandom, which is like nothing sacred, and because we have sort of been raised by the Hinkies and the Mories and the constant trades, that like. I am sure somewhere on Reddit, someone's talking about what we could get for Embiid, right? Oh, like, yeah. Um, I don't really think that there is any single person who can look themselves in the mirror and call themselves a Sixers fan who would ever want to trade Joel Embiid. Uh, whether or not Embiid feels the love, uh, I guess, is a question. And I guess, you know, when he makes comments like this, even though it's like with a smile on his face, I do, I do get a little nervous because there's always, you know... The, the Bill Simmonses of the world who are going to suggest that Joel Embiid might might look for greener pastures in in a season or two if if things are still the same with Philly. How much do you think? Like, what more do you think the Sixers can do to get the most not the most out of Embiid, but to get the most out of the team around Embiid? Because one of the major themes of what we've been talking about this season has been Doc, and has been whether Doc is Doc or whether Doc is Glenn, and whether he is the <laughs> the right coach. For the Sixers and whether like if if Quinn Snyder was coaching the Sixers or Mike D'Antoni was coaching the Sixers that any you know would things be different and you know there's things you could do around the margins like Tobias Harris or whatever and or you could get really like crazy and trade Maxi or whatever and try to mix up the team but ultimately like they've kind of thrown their lot in with this Harden and Beat pairing it's as good a pairing as you can ask for, I guess. I mean, there are better, there are better ones out there, but most teams out there are top heavy, uh, and they're and they're hoping that their stars can carry them. And then they've like filled out their roster. It's not as deep a team as the Bucks. It's not as deep a team as the Celtics, maybe. But I'm not really sure, like, what else we could really do. I mean, I think Embiid is doing his best, and I think the Sixers are kind of doing their best now too. Yeah, I agree. I I, I don't know if like. When you look at what that Ben Simmons situation was last year, um, you know, I don't think there's too many people who felt like they were going to be able to get James Harden. Mm -hmm. You know, like like that was a thing. Like, I mean, if you look at some of the trades that were being thrown out there, we were talking about Tyrese Hollis, Halliburton and, you know, um, pieces for Ben Simmons. And they were able to get, you know, probably one of the best you know, combo guards in the league in James Harden. So I don't know what more what more you could ask for from from Daryl Morey um, at this point. Um, I mean, and it, obviously he did put some key pieces around. You know, 
Harden and Embiid this summer, you know, picking up Melton, who's like been really good. I mean, obviously he had that 33 point game. Yeah. Um, and he was out last Lakers. night with some back tightness, but yeah, he's been great this season. Yeah. He's been great. I mean, even you look at Thibel, I mean, Thibel, I mean, obviously he has his, has his issues hitting the three, but he's a plus 40. He's a plus 43 over the last six and a half games. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, this guy's been cutting off doubles, attacking. He, transition. Might be our, he might be like my, my favorite, if not the best transition player we have. And so yeah. like he's at least athletic and can get to the rim that way. Yeah. So it's just like, I mean, I just, I, I feel like the role guys are, I mean, they've been stepping up during this run um, without heart. So I just don't, I mean, I, I just don't know what else you could possibly do. I mean, especially given the situation where I, I think the biggest thing that MB might have a problem with is the fact that we didn't, we didn't resign Jimmy Butler. I think that's, I mean, I know those yes. guys were like really close friends. Um, they basically chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler. I think that might be, you know, one of his gripes that might, that he might, you know, still have to this day. But besides that, I, I just don't know. Yeah. I mean, we'll find out how much of a big deal that is if 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 in a year or two he's like, I want to go to Miami. Uh, at that point, yeah. Jimmy Butler is going to be pretty long in the tooth. But um, the Sixers are a much better team than Miami right now. You know, like yeah. I in in some ways the gra- grass isn't always greener. When Joe does stuff like this, which is not the first time he's done it, do you just kind of smile and say that's? that's my center. Do you say like, I wish he took it a little bit more seriously. Is there anything about the like Sixers fans want to trade me laughing that gives you pause? Um, you know, um, I spoke about this before. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm into astrology a little bit. Um, oh, go for it then. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yeah. I mean, like this is like Shaq and Kobe all over again. I mean, Joel is a Pisces. Um, Harden is a Virgo. Same thing with, you know, Shaq was a Pisces and they're emotional people. They get in their feelings, and I, that's how I look at Joel. Like he has his moments to where he just gets in his feelings, and I mean, you you see it. Like last year, he was just like, you know, I don't know what more I have to do to get to get an MVP, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he feels that way. And at some point, you're gonna hear him complain about it again. So I just think Joel just gets into his feelings as a Pisces, as a water sign, who just, you know, as and I'm I'm pretty sure he has his moments to where because I've heard Philly fans say, you know what, I'm sick of this MB era, Tr- trade him. You know what I mean? And it's it's not everybody, but I think we're just a we're a blue collar town, and we don't like losing. So um, I mean, even you look at Bryce Harper, there are people who saying Bryce Harper wasn't worth all that money. So <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, so I, I I can't be mad at Joel for getting emotional. I have my moments where I get emotional too, where I'm just I'm I'm wait, I'm what's your sign? I'm an Aries, but okay. I, I got I got a little Pisces in my chart. You know, I, I, you you read the full natal chart. I got a little water in there too. So, okay. um, <laughs> but, so wait, so if if Harden's a Virgo, you were saying? Yeah, I always thought I always thought that interesting. Like I was, um, you know, Kobe and Shaq we were a Virgo and Pisces. I don't I don't know that Harden takes basketball quite as seriously as Kobe did. You know what? I think he's I don't know if he necessarily I think he takes it seriously, but nobody's going to take it on a level of Kobe. But you can see like the Virgo in his game. He's so crafty. He is like you can tell that he's he spends hours and like he 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 always comes back with a new move every year. Like, if you notice, he. Like he comes back with something different. He plays a lot of basketball in the off season. I mean, other than the times when he's trying to rehab his hamstring or whatnot, you can just see the craftiness and his so ability. That, that to takes just, up like eight eight months of the year rehab. Yeah. So, 
Like I, I think he takes it seriously, but he also likes to party too in the same way that Wilt did. Um, <laughs> was Wilt a Virgo? No, I don't think oh, he was okay. a Virgo. But it, it just I, I always I always said that Harden was like our generation's version of Wilt, and that <laughs> you're kind of he put up vi- something. <laughs> he put up video game numbers and just likes to party. Yeah, <laughs> and wasn't been, seen as a winner until he won. Right. I mean, I have appreciated the fact that it's it seems like Harden has adjusted to the way that his body and game has changed in a way that I think is really, really smart. Probably doesn't have blow-by speed anymore, but is using his basically density to get the shots that he wants. And he's, I think, slowly and still somewhat annoyingly adjusting to, I would say, a more permissive whistle out there, like in, in general in NBA games. Like, there are some sequences last night in the Celtics Lakers game where like there was like at one point like four bodies on the floor and like the the refs were just like keep playing man like you know like I feel like the, the NBA refs have really tried to emphasize game flow this season and yeah. that's not always great for guys like James Harden who like to stop the game like to chop it up they like to get to the line they like to slow things down so it's been cool to watch him kind of be like all right man I'm gonna become a little bit more of a transition maestro this season yeah, and I, I, I appreciate it. I think that's the one thing you got to give Carton credit. I mean, like if, you know, if as he's grown older, he hasn't completely lost everything. I mean, like, you know, even last night, I mean, 21 points, 7 for 13. Like, if you can give me that and be the secondary star and then you give me 15 assists, like the last three games, this guy's averaging what? What is he averaging? 14 assists per game yeah. and 22 yeah, 15 points. last like, night. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just, I mean, I, I love the way that his game has progressed this this year. I mean, particularly, like, since he's come back from injury. Um, I, I think he's just, he's finding his ways of being able to to mesh with MB, um, and and be the second star. So I appreciate that. So it'll be an interesting next week. Um, uh, the Sixers are on national TV twice. So they've got Golden State on national TV at home on Friday. And that's a winnable game. Golden State on a night-to-night basis, like you don't know which team is going to show up. I think that they've. I mean, I think I, you do know which team is going to show up based on whether they're home or on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah you're looking at a, a Golden State team which is you know two and twelve on the road. <laughs> yeah, but like they, it seemed like they were putting things together for a little while there, and then they mm. and then they kind of it's kind of fallen apart a little bit again. And now it, you you know you you can never blame teams or players for like these sort of outside of basketball distractions and stuff but the stuff with Draymond the other night like it just seems like there's like a cloud hanging over the team uh with the the guy threatening Draymond and Draymond had to like have him ejected and stuff like that so it just seems like there's just like a weird tension around the Warriors again with mm-hmm. the same way there was in the first half of this first part of the season I thought things mm-hmm. seemed to get corrected after Wiseman went down to the G League but Golden State comes to town on Friday and then there's a a pretty busy week there so it's friday against the warriors monday the 19th uh home to the raptors wednesday the 21st home to the pistons friday the 23rd home against the clippers and then sunday the 25th uh on the espn abc like the national schedule for christmas they play the knicks early 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 and so that's a lot of games um between friday the 16th and uh and christmas day yeah, I wonder how Doc is going to pace these out because you know Embiid wants to to get the like the highlight you know spots. Do you think you could see 
Embiid resting anywhere in the next week here? Do you think, or 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 Harden for that matter? Mm, like, would you maybe rest that- Embiid against Detroit or against Toronto? Um, I don't think you rest them against Toronto just because, I mean, look, we have four days off right now. Um, yeah. well, not, well, three days off or whatever, um, between the Golden State game. And then they have off Saturday and Sunday, um, against, um, before they play Toronto. Um, and I, I think, I think you maybe you rest them against the Pistons. Um, which, I mean, but it's just like, I mean, Right now, these guys have had so many days off, it feels like. I mean, it feels like, I mean, every time we do a podcast. It's like see you next week. I know. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like, I think they play it by air. Um, and maybe it's the Pistons or the Clippers game. Um, they're definitely not resting anybody for the Knicks game. So I think it's between the Pistons and the Clippers games where they, they choose to rest people. But I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, if they can't win at least one or two of these games against the Warriors and the Raptors, I'm going to be pissed. Because Why? these are the two worst road teams in the NBA. Like when this, you look at them, um, we've spoken about the Warriors. They're two and twelve. The Raptors are three and eleven on the road. Yeah, and I know the Raptors have given them some issues, but these are these are the games you got to win. I, look, I, like, I was gonna bring this up. It's weird with the NBA season. It's not like the NFL where you're like, ooh, these division games and like we gotta go get this one. And like you can kind of read an NFL season in a really easy, compact way. With the NBA season, there's so much that goes into every night of like this team's on the third night of third game in four nights, or this team's been on a six game road trip or whatever. Sixers have this is a seven game homestand. Is that right? They've won the yeah. first three. Yo, rack these wins up. Yeah, because like you don't get a lot of seven game homestands. You don't get a lot of Golden State is licking their wounds coming into town. You don't get a lot of Detroit season. Just the bottom just fell out with Cade being out for the season. Go get these wins because they're going to count down the line when you're like, wait, we don't want to be in the sixth or seventh seed, you know, because because this Eastern Conference is so tight. And you got come some teams coming back down to earth. You've also got some teams really like get getting after it, like the Nets. Like the Sixers need to get like the wins where the wins are available. I know that sounds obvious, but like it's not going to be happening in like January when they're on their West Coast swing. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think I think we've reached a place in the NBA now where there's no easy wins every night. Yeah. Um, and I think when you have these, when you're in these situations to where you have a seven game homestand, you, you got to be able to put it together. When you look at the Spurs, the Spurs have won three straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, the, the Rockets are beating, I mean, everybody right now. I mean, the Rockets have won games against the Suns, the, the, they've, they've beaten the, um, the Bucks. So it's just like when you're in a situation where you're facing two of the worst road teams in the league and then you get to face a Pistons team without Kate. Who I mean is probably one of the worst teams in the league. You they will, have they, to come they are out of- the, the number one. Like they, this could get really ugly for Victor Webanyama, you know, because like I could see them just being like whatever it takes now. Like let's just make yeah. it Jaden Ivey gets rookie of the year with his stats or whatever. But like it's gonna be gross in Detroit, and they will probably also have like a little bit of a fire sale themselves. And yeah, I mean, we got, I mean, like they're probably going to trade. We, we played Detroit again in January twice on a yeah. back-to-back road series. By that time, I mean, I imagine um, Bojan's probably going to get traded. Um, and maybe Isaiah Stewart's going to get traded. Like they're, they're going to take this season away. So it's just like, these are the games that you have to win. Um, yeah. And like, 
I'm going to be very disappointed if we come back and we do this podcast next week and, you know, they've lost to the Warriors, they lost to the Raptors, they lost to the Pistons. Like, I, yeah. I, I need this win streak to continue. That's the thing. They got like about 14 games until this West Coast swing starts going into next year. And they've got some real cupcake games. They've got some very winnable games. Like you said, the two Detroit games, they should be able mm-hmm. to beat Indiana. They should be beating the Thunder. They should be beating, you know, they should be getting something out of these Wizards games. You know, like there's some there's some very winnable games. And then basically it gets very real in the middle of January when they go out and they get Utah, Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Kings on the road and come home for the for the Nets. So that's going to be much more of a of a battle than these like really like nice local ish local ish games, if not home games. So a lot lot on the lot on the table for the Sixers to eat. Uh, in the next six weeks. Reem, man, it's been really good talking to you today. Anything else you wanted to hit? Um, I, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, as, as much as we say these are winnable games, the thing with the Sixers is they just they just aren't doing the little things. And I need them to see the, do the little things. Like, we can't, like, as well as Harden's been playing, he's still turning the ball over heavy. Like, I mean, what is he averaging over the last, like, the last, I, I was shocked to look at the end of the game stats and see how how much how many turnovers we had and how many fast break points the Kings had. It's just it's yeah, still, like, it's still our Achilles heel. It felt like the Kings were going to make that a game, um, and then obviously we put it away. But I think it was like a thirteen point game in the fourth quarter at one point. I mean, Harden's averaging almost six turnovers a game since he's returned. That's got to get cleaned up, um, and those turnovers. I mean, they feed into the transition defense that we have, and then we have defensive rebounding issues. So I think the thing with the Sixers is that it feels like if our offense isn't rolling, we could lose any game because we have so many issues doing the little things like defensive rebounding and, you know, turnovers and late game ball handling that it could go haywire. So yeah, I'm just hoping there's enough that, talent spread around the league that if you, if you screw up on a big level like that, that almost any team can beat you. I'm just hoping over the seven game road stand that we can kind of put those issues to bed and, you know, come out of this, you know, maybe like in the third seed, surpassing Cleveland. I would like that's what I would love to see. So I'm rooting for it. We know what we're asking for for Christmas. It's very easy. This is the third seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, Thanks to Raheem. Cliff uh, wanted everybody to know that all he wants for Christmas is Jay Crowder uh, in a Sixers uniform. I think that, you know, I think there's going to be some t- like hot competition. I can't understand why Jay Crowder's just like not playing basketball, but <laughs> the Suns, I guess, know their team. Um, but yeah, Crowder. I saw a little bit of chatter today about like wanting Drummond back. It would be, we we should do a, a special episode where we just go through our list of t- of players we think the Sixers should target at the trade deadline because I think it could be an active one this season. It's so much parity. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think we're going to see a lot, especially, you know, as teams start to tank for Victor. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Ringers Philly special. Ben and Shield have got you all for the rest of the week, and uh, they'll be doing Eagles stuff, um, you know, all weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>